Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, the Fermoy Ice Cream Factory taking over the world. New jobs announced by company Innowatts and awards for innovation from Virgin Media and Digital Business Ireland. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, the weather of late may not have been exactly ice cream weather, but given that we are hoping for a lovely summer, uh, my next guest is in a good place because her business has entered a new contract to provide lots of lovely ice cream. Uh, Joining me now is Thea Murphy, who's the Managing Director of Silver Pale Dairy. Thea, how are you? I'm well, Jonathan, and yourself? I'm very good. Do you wake up in the morning, look out the window and just pray for glorious sunny weather? Um, I suppose I do. And some some of that had, has to do with selling ice cream and some of it just has to do with, you know, wanting to feel happy for the day. But yes, uh, like most people, I do look outside the weather in the, out the window in the morning and think, yes, we could do with a nice morning sunshine. Tell me a little bit about Silver Pale Dairy. How long have you been on the go? We the Silver Pale Dairy was started but my by my dad back in the mid 70s so we've been in operation over 40 years now um and we've been making ice cream for the Irish market the and some international markets for most of that time So when you are going to work every day what does it involve are you down and dirty uh dealing with the manufacture of ice cream or how does it work um, to be honest, we've a, we've a great team here, and and a lot of our production staff, our production manager, and people, quality control people, have been with the business for, to be honest, some of them, most of the forty years that it's been here. Um, so for me personally, while I do go down and have a look and see what's going on, I don't actually have to go mixing ice cream and putting it into tubs. Um, now you get to t- you get to taste it though, don't you? Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose I, I personally would be quite hands on with a lot of the product development bits. So that's nice. I get to taste all, all, all the nice things. <laughs> so the products that you make, I mean, we'll get to the, your own products in a minute. But you, you make a lot of products for other people, don't you? We do. Yeah. I mean, uh, contract work and you know, private label products would be probably the backbone of our business. So we obviously have this new tent. Uh, contract with Tesco which is just starting out uh, which is great Uh, we make for other retailers in Ireland we manufacture contract uh, work for other brands recognized brands um, in the UK Ireland and internationally Um, and of course the reason we're talking to you today is because you've done a big deal with Tesco so does that mean Tesco own brand ice cream is actually going to be silver pale Yes, exactly. So all of the Tesco own brand tubbed ice cream for sale in Ireland will be coming from Silver Pale yeah, in the, in the future from now on. I'd imagine that when your dad, Michael, set it up, it was uh, a much more limited market. You probably had fewer brands and uh, you had every flavour as long as it was vanilla. It's become a yes. much more crowded marketplace. How have you managed to, to keep up with that changing marketplace and I suppose changes in consumer tastes? Yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt. And and you know what? In reality, Jonathan, it's probably even particularly so in the last five or 10 years. But I mean, the niches have developed hugely, um, both in terms of the broad range of flavors. I mean, initially we had the whole premium and super premium side of the market develop. And now it's gone very much about the low calorie, sugar free, 
vegan. So yeah, it's, it's a huge range of products now. And to be honest, I mean, we have a team of people on product development, constantly developing and redeveloping recipes, uh, looking at what consumers want and, and you know, working with our suppliers to, to be able to develop products to, to fit into those niches. Mm. Of course, it, you have to get the milk from somewhere. Are, is that an advantage that you're able to have so many dairy farmers on your doorstep who can deliver fresh every day? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we're certainly blessed in terms of our location, um, having access to the best quality uh, and fresh and freshest milk. I mean, we buy from one of the co-ops, so everything that comes into us is already pasteurized because, to be honest, buying directly from the farmers and managing that whole side of things is a very specialized job all in itself. But certainly, I mean, the milk comes from the car farm it gets pasteurized separated into cream and comes up to us pretty much immediately so it really is fresh from the cow or the field and then your product development is important because again i mentioned vanilla nothing wrong with it big fan huge fan of vanilla ice cream uh but you know they seem to have thrown everything into ice cream these days it, it started out with a little bit of chocolate and a little bit of strawberry but you can you can buy some of the most horrendous flavors on the market now have you ever turned down an idea because it, it, it just was beyond the pale the silver pale if you will uh, yeah, well, I think the, the probably those kind of ones have been the ones where they're the more savory ones. So, you know, it was all when Heston Blumenthal was the range, all the rage a few years ago. It was very much about bacon and egg and basil and these kind of savory type products. And I think, you know, while they might have a niche in a fancy restaurant, really from a day to day perspective, there aren't that many people who want to eat them. So that, that's the kind mm. of thing we'd certainly be staying away from. Yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly back you on that commercial decision. Were you a very popular child there? Because uh, everyone knew you worked in an ice cream factory. Um, I, well, I'm not sure. Reasonably popular in that regard, I suppose, back in the early 80s when I was young. Um, occasionally, my dad used to round up my school friends and myself and bring us in and, and sit us down in front of a load of ice creams and ask to be us to taste and tell them which ones we liked. So yeah, those days I was definitely popular. <laughs> well, it's not a bad thing to have friends over for ice cream parties. No. Um, and, and the last question, which is a very important one, given that we are going to enjoy a lovely summer outdoors and we're going to be giving our kids something in their hands. Would you prefer a good old fashioned cone with silver pale ice cream on it? Or would you prefer a slice of silver cream, silver pale ice cream between two wafers? It's a very important decision. Take your time. Don't answer straight away. It is away. absolutely. I, I, I have to say, I think I'd be going with the slice between, between two wafers. But possibly even more down the decadent line, I'd put a slice between two, two digestive biscuits, I have to say. <laughs> well, now, you really, you, you have gone all the way there. Now, I hadn't even thought of that as an idea. And I'm definitely going to have to get my hands uh, on some of your product and try that out. You'll get it in Tesco. Where else will you find Silver Pale Dairy Ice Cream? Our products in Ireland, uh, they're in Tesco, Dunn's, Aldi and Lidl at the moment. So, yeah, quite, quite widely available around, around Ireland. So people probably have had tasted it and they might have even realised it's worth looking on the label to see where the supplier comes from. Yeah, and equally we, we, we make and distribute quite a lot of ice cream into the food service sector as well. So the Silver Pale branded and the Glen Owen Farm branded products would be available widely as well. So if, if you haven't got it from your local supermarket, then chances are you've, you'll have had it served up to you in a restaurant. 
and you'll have enjoyed it thoroughly. Thay Murphy, Managing Director of Silver Pale Dairy in Fermoy. Thanks so much for joining us. Super. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. There have been a good few jobs announcements in the last couple of weeks. My next guest uh, works with a company that is creating 40 new jobs at a new European headquarters in Cork. Dave Boundy is with a company called InnoWatts. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jonathan. Pleased to meet you. Good to talk to you. Tell us what InnoWatts does. Yeah, sure. That'd be, I'd be delighted. Uh, InnoWatts, in essence, is a new energy company. We use artificial intelligence to reduce the carbon intensity of the power that is delivered to yours and my home and every business uh, in the country. So we, we use analytics to uh, drive enhanced end user experience whilst reducing the carbon intensity. And that enhanced experience is where we're uh, reducing price for the user, making uh, really relevant communications to the end user um, ensuring that they're getting the best product from their their supplier, um, who are our customers. In essence, our customers are energy retailers and uh, network operators. Um, so wh- wh- where does the software sit then? Does it sit with the end user or does it sit with the supplier? Who's keeping an eye on things? Well, actually, it sits in the cloud. So we're a full SaaS-based service. So our service runs uh, in the cloud. We take meter level data, so basically that determines the usage from uh, an individual's home or from a device within their home or from a business. So we typically will use, for example, smart meter data. And and we're all familiar in Ireland at the moment with the rollout of smart meters that are happening. So we'll take that data, we'll combine it with other information that our customers in the energy supplier and uh, network operators have Uh, pertaining to that meter. So that might be customer relationship management information coming from their CRM system. It might be uh, information pertaining to how they're hedged in relation to their purchase of energy um, that comes from their energy trading and risk management system. Or it could be geospatial information that we'd get from the likes of Google, um, or it could be socioeconomic data that uh, we might get from the ES- ESRI, as an example. And we take all of that data, um, we analyze it, and we uh, derive insights, which we deliver back to our customers, which in turn help them enhance their end users' experience. So, as I mentioned, for example, reducing okay. their carbon intensity. How, how do you do that, though? I mean, it, it, how do you know that I'm leaving my electric fire on for too long and that's what's causing the energy usage to spike? Or, or have you got a way of using that artificial intelligence to say, well, it was cold that day, so he was probably using more uh, heating energy and, and that's a way we can try and engage with him to do less? Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic example. And, and in fact, that's where you're talking about the relevance of the engagement with the end user. There's nothing more annoying than someone coming and telling me that I'm doing something I know I'm already doing. Um, so our, our artificial intelligence takes into account, um, obviously, weather conditions as a base, <clears throat> base element to it. But also we're looking and saying, OK, that's great. You've got your heating on. You may want to have your heating on. We're not going to tell you you shouldn't do. But it's more a case of let's take an example of, say, you're cooking. You cook every evening between the hours of six and seven. 
we can determine that from your your meter level data and we're not getting any more obtrusive than that but we look at that level that data and then we can see okay we'll abstract out the other activities that are happening at that time and we can isolate in on the amount of energy you're using in cooking and we can see well that's actually increasing uh over time so we can see there's a gradual increase in the amount of energy that you're using for cooking even though you're cooking for the same period of time so why is that? Well, that could actually be because the seals on your oven door are defective or there could be some other issue with the appliance. So we can then through our, our customers, I should say, and we do it on their behalf, we can offer that that end user a service such as, hey, we've identified there may be something wrong with your cooker. You might want to consider getting it serviced. Here's a recognized service provider that we'd recommend to you. Or likewise, we'd recommend you replace the appliance and here's Here's some example appliances that you could choose from. How, how much, obviously energy companies will love this um, because it, it, it'll help them cut their costs. How much engagement uh, do you think you're going to have from the end user? Because at the moment they don't give much of a thought to the electricity they consume apart from when the bill comes in. The, in Ireland, the only thing that would cause you to possibly review your usage is accidentally leaving the immersion on for an hour longer than you wanted it. How are you going to get people to to help you help your customer so what we're doing in as part of our services we're looking at the individual users uh, consumption profile and we can then align that consumption profile with a better price tariff for the end user so uh, if we look again at smart meters and the rollout that they're bringing what people in ireland will start to see is that uh, the energy companies are offering time of use tariffs now what we can do with the analytics is actually identify and design those time of use tariffs for the uh, for the energy companies so they can offer those and target them to the most appropriate people. So in that instance, they'd be able to say, well, last month or last year for this time, you use this amount of energy. We can say if you use it in the same pattern this year, uh, it will save you this amount. So you can get very specific and make it very relevant for the end user. So it's about relevance to the end user. Of the staff you're looking to bring into Cork, 40 new jobs, what kind of people are you looking for and how quickly are you going to hire them? So we're already hiring. Um, we've we've hired a number of people. In fact, our, our team in Ireland is already over 10. Uh, we've got 20-odd open positions at the moment. Uh, they're predominantly in the engineering space, so people look at who, who are uh, dealing with big data, um, and that's where we specialise. So... Um, predominantly engineering, um, but also engaged in our client success area. So that's looking after our customers. Okay, well, it's a very interesting area and one that's going to grow, no doubt, as technology makes deeper inroads into all of our everyday lives. But for now, David Bounty, Chief Product and Technology Officer and General Manager for Europe of InnoWatts. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, Dave. Thank you, Jonathan. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Virgin Media has just announced a brand new backing business initiative to support SMEs in Munster. Um, it is open to applicants right now. And to tell us more about it, we have got the Secretary General of Digital Business Ireland and someone who I've worked with on many events in the past and awards ceremony just earlier this year, Lorraine Higgins. How are you? I'm great, Jonathan. And you? I'm really excited to come on your show to talk about uh, this new initiative. Yeah, we're still in the world where we can't meet each other, but we get to meet each other virtually. Isn't that good enough? Exactly. And I suppose that's what digital business is all about. So, you know, how bad? At least it's consistent with the theme. 
Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do it uh, if it was 20 years ago, but uh, we, we we may be tired of Zoom, but it's the best that we have for the time being. Tell us a little bit about this backing business initiative from Virgin Media. So essentially what this is, is it's a campaign that um, ourselves in Digital Business Ireland, Virgin Media, Permanent TSB, Milk Bottle Labs, and also the local enterprise office network have come together part um, of €100,000 whereby four or sorry, rather five businesses across Munster um, will be provided with bespoke digital transformation packages. So it's an opportunity for businesses who might not have any online presence at all or those that do have an online presence but want to bring it to the next level. We're here to support you in, on that journey. So the opportunity is to enter the competition, make an application through the website and uh, be in with a shout of, of having a, a prize fund of 25000 for your business alone. Uh, it, the world of digital business meant, as we pointed out, that you could at least trade on. And, and that's led to a lot of innovation, Lorraine, which means that there'll be a lot of competition here. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we want to see, Jonathan. I mean, you know, we've a very, very kind of broad range of businesses out there that want to enhance either their online presence or get online for the first time. And I think this is a, an ample opportunity for them to share in a prize fund of €100,000. So what we're saying to businesses, irrespective of how big or small you are, look at this as a massive opportunity because we're going to be focusing on especially the next generation of exciting business leaders and what they have to offer. We're also going looking at businesses who have scalability. So have a degree of, I suppose, expertise in the sense that they know what online's about, they know uh, the opportunity there for growth and uh, we want to help accommodate that growth. But also we're looking for innovative. That can be innovation in the retail space, hospitality space, uh, professional services, you name it. We're not, we're not selective about it. Um, but we're also looking for a bit of storytelling and for businesses to humanise their brand. So where that comes through, um, it's going to it's going to work to the business's benefit and will hopefully make our our uh, job of selecting the top five businesses that bit easier. Um, is there a particular type of business you're looking for or, or is it just targeted at any SME that's been able to rise to the challenge? Exactly. It's any SME whatsoever. Um, you know, ideally, you know, if you have something that makes you stand out from the rest, we'd be really interested to hear about that. But once you feel that you have uh, the capability to trade online, please make an application and let the judges do the rest. And irrespective of whether you win or lose, there is an opportunity to get further supports from the local enterprise office network and indeed ourselves at Digital Business Ireland. What's the biggest thing you think that companies have learned in the last 14 months at this point, Lorraine, about digital transformation and the things that can go right and the things that can go so badly wrong? I think I think a lot of businesses had been really slow to move to online and to see the huge opportunities and possibilities that it presents. Um, we know in particular, say, for instance, Jonathan, in the retail space, 15% of all retail transactions were done online with the other 85% in, in store. And all of a sudden, with public health restrictions, they've had to close up and are looking at other ways, obviously, of reaching their, their target market, a bit like the hospitality industry as well. So I think a lot of businesses learned how important agility is in their business model in order to be able to facilitate their customers, keep in contact and bring them the same level of service and product delivery that they might have done if their stores were open. So I think that that's definitely a key learning. Also, I think the endless possibilities that online presents. So like traditionally, people are used to selling within their own geographical area. And all of a sudden, they can sell just Pedro in Spain, Giovanni in Italy, Helga in Germany. There are 
no boundaries whatsoever and the possibilities are endless. So, you know, businesses that have really taken it on board, who have invested as much as they can in it, um, are now seeing it as another storefront. And, you know, it's proof, I think, to a lot of micro and small businesses. You don't need a shop front on Grafton Street to be successful. And that's all because online allows you to be a successful because you can be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and I think, you know, this omni-channel offering is going to be key to businesses' success in the future. Um, we spoke with the local enterprise office a lot uh, about the work that they've done, the online trading voucher. It, it was something that was it was sitting on the shelf. It was almost like the, the unloved toy in the toy shop. It was there and you knew you could buy it, but there's always something else that you went and grabbed first. It has never been as popular as many businesses as possibly could seem to have applied for it. Do you think in the long term it'll leave Irish SMEs in a better shape, that they have this new digital presence and the world has opened up to them? Absolutely, Jonathan. And all we have to do is look at the figures post-COVID, or sorry, pre-COVID rather, and what they looked like in terms of consumer spend from Irish consumers. So up until the coronavirus pandemic, two thirds of online spend was leaving the country every single uh, year, which is an enormous figure when you think about it. And, And that comes at a massive cost to our various sectors that are selling goods and services. So I think, you know, the digital trading online voucher has been just so imperative for businesses to help them make that first step, make them realize that it's not as daunting as you think it is and that they have support, mentorship and assistance from the local enterprise office and indeed ourselves at Digital Business Ireland to help them on their way. But definitely it was it was a very insightful move by the government at the time to introduce the digital trading online voucher. And, you know, what we'd like to see now is um, is further supports and, and whatnot announced in in forthcoming budgets to make sure that it's easier that bit easier for businesses to scale and grow Okay, well the website address if people are looking for more detail and they want to apply for it if they've done great things throughout the year and they want to tell the world about it virginmedia.ie slash business slash backing dash business and you'll find all the details there but for now Lorraine Higgins of Digital Business Ireland thank you so much for joining us Thank you Jonathan My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget you can download every episode of Red Business right now from redextra.ie. Maeve Fian was the producer this week, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.